Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another Wednesday in the Woody, the penultimate Wednesday in the Woody for the regular season oh, with, regular the four, season, with the 40-year vet Tim May, with Andy Backstrom and me, Spencer Holbrook. Uh, a lot to get to. First and foremost, though, Ryan Day spoke to the media. Second and second most, Parker Fleming talked to the media. We're going to get into all of that in a little bit more on the latest practice report from Letterman Row. Tim, big takeaway if you got one. My big takeaway is I like the way Kyle McCord is answering questions now along with playing. I think he's on an upward plane, Mm -hmm. which is a big thing for this team for the last two games of the regular season, Mm -hmm. headed into possibly the Big Ten championship game and beyond. Uh, I think their quarterback has definitely definitely stepped up in the last several weeks. Yeah, a lot to kind of pick apart from today, but we talked to Matt Jones for probably the first time all year, I think. Yeah. He's a quiet, soft-spoken guy, but this is his sixth year, senior day, finally here for him. And we saw him play center for the first time, he said, in three years. Mm-hmm. I think Spencer was saying it was the Michigan State game during the COVID seasons last time he played center. When the offensive line was, like, wiped out by yeah. COVID. So, you know, maybe something we'll see going forward, maybe something we won't. I, you know, Ryan Day said on Tuesday they're, they're happy with the five they have right now, and, you know, they're confident in Carson Hinsman and the growth he's made. But just something to keep an eye out for. Uh, otherwise, uh, Matt Jones said, you know, things are coming together well for this offensive line. I asked, was there like a turning point? Was it the Purdue game where you think, you know, maybe things are starting to click? He said, you know, honestly, there's not one game I can point to. It's just been a steady progression, and every one of those linemen every week is getting better. My takeaway is obviously talking to Parker Fleming about special teams issues. He took a lot of the blame for the issues that they've had. He also took exception with a couple things that were asked. You know, I said, uh, you know, whether they've been uh, miscues, and he said, like what? And I said, um, a lot of the penalties on special teams, and he said, like when? And I said, well, there's been about one a game. There's been issues on special teams, and he acknowledged that they have to be better on special teams. I thought it was very great of Parker Fleming to be out here. There are not a lot of programs around America where the assistant coach who just coaches special teams, whose unit has been under fire all year, would come out onto the field and talk for a full 10, 15 minutes. And Parker Fleming did that and answered a lot of questions and answered tough questions from us. And there have been people around here who have been asking for that for a while. But I thought it was great of him to come out here and own it, and he did own it. He said it ultimately falls back on me, and I promise he was pointing at him. So he's taking a lot of the heat, and he's taking a lot of the blame. And he said that the guys play hard. They believe in everybody in the locker room. They see a lot of positives on special teams. Like their net field position right now is a positive, which is a thing that special teams like really hangs its hat on in a right. lot of programs. So like there are positives with special teams, and I think maybe at times we've lost that a little bit. Lost sight that there's been some positives on special teams, but when you have a miscue every game, which they have had one every game, pretty much you can't you can't look past those. And I think it was good for Parker Fleming to come out here and address the media. I'll have more about that on LettermanRow.com. Yeah, and you know, and what a 
what a what a peculiar number one what a peculiar spot to coach or thing to coach uh, because sometimes you fall into the vagaries of the game like the like the punt that hits uh, Lorenzo Styles Jr. I asked specifically know? about that play. Yeah, but, but dude, I mean that that was out of the that was out of the clear blue sky from the standpoint of how it happened. Whether whether he heard the uh, the Peter Peter call or whatever it is that they use, you know, to clear away, there, there's people are screaming and stuff like that. I mean, it's hard for me to to blame a coach for something, for example, like that happening. It's not hard for me to blame a coach for something like your punter just taking off to the left side when he's a right-footed punter and can punt Australian rules style. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're going, what happened there? I'm not sure there's ever been a clear answer, for example, for, for what happened on that play. Then you, you blame, you, you do get blamed for things like that, of, of basically things going haywire as opposed to just happenstance. Uh, so it's, it's really a tough spot to play because uh, it's all about guys making kicks, guys getting out of the way of kicks, guys catching kicks, guys making tackles on kicks. Uh, it's a, an interesting position to be in, so to speak. And I know he doesn't do all the coaching of the special teams, but uh, like he said, everything falls at his feet. Yeah, I did ask him, Andy, about the uh, Lorenzo Styles Jr. play and whether that was just luck. And he said, I wouldn't call it luck. You know, there is coaching element to that. We have to be better at that. And then credit to Doug Maurice from uh, Kings of the North who asked him uh, pretty point blank, like, hey, there's a miscue in every game. And there are people, not necessarily us, but there are people who think that in a big game this year, there will be a special teams issue that costs this team a game, a trophy, um, the ultimate trophy, potentially. Uh, and, and, you know, ask Parker Fleming how he responds to that. And he said that he was going to take it back there, think about that, and, and maybe, you know, I, I, I took it as maybe use it as motivation because he knows that they need to be better. He's owning it. So we'll see if the special teams improves after talking to Parker Fleming tonight. Yeah, I mean, special teams is one of those things where if you're not talking about it, it's usually a good thing. Yep. So like usually like the offensive line and other parts of a football team. And yep. Certainly there can be a punt return touchdown, but you don't need anything that spectacular. You just need to not be bad. You don't mm -hmm. need to, you know, you need to communicate. You can't have the miscues as you just went through. Um, I thought it was also noteworthy. We talked to Brian Hartline for the first time in a while, and, you know, it's kind of cool. P.J. Fleck was a GA here in 2006. Brian Hartline was a player, and I thought one cool thing he said this week was that when he watches Marvin Harrison Jr., and this was P.J. Fleck talking, yeah. he said that, you know, what stands out to him is how good Marvin is without the football in his hands and how they move him around and how he affects the game without his – you know, without having the ball in his hands. And that, that kind of made me think about the Notre Dame game, and I asked Brian Hartline about that, and he said, yeah, I mean, you only get on a good day 10 to 12 catches, even if you're Marvin Harrison Jr. And so how do you affect the game in a positive way? He also brought up in that same vein Julian Fleming, who just has not had a great receiving year, but he's been banged up again and has been probably their best blocker on the perimeter. And he said that, you know, perimeter blocking was something in the past this team was not great at. This year they've taken a huge step. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, uh, I didn't get to talk to uh, to Brian Hartline, but uh, because I was over at the, you know, the uh, lightning round with uh, Brian Day. But uh, it, to me, I, I, I think people realize how special things are this year from the standpoint of the wide receiver group they've got and the guys that are coming, and corralling that group every day when you've got some guys, you know. We all know Brandon Ennis could be playing somewhere. Yeah, I mean he'd be starting somewhere, mm -hmm. and we're hardly we've hardly seen him. You know, when you've got uh, uh, Colonel Tate, who I just think he's 
two or three plays away from everybody knowing who he is. Yes. I thought it was going to be sooner rather than later and stuff. But uh, just to keep that group, and that group has an esprit de corps that's obvious. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about after cornerbacks, the most uh, football parlance, the most egotistical group on the football field after after cornerbacks is usually wide receivers on your football team. You know, guys, you know, me, me, me kind of guys. And for some reason, the last many years, including the starting maybe with the three amigos, they've been anything but me, me, me. And that, that's remarkable. And that that's because of what's going on in the room, uh, in the offseason, et cetera, that, uh, that a uh, Brian Hartline can foster that, uh, along with Ryan Day, et cetera. You could say that they're we, 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 not me, me, C. me. C. C, C, C. There you go. Or as I call them the three graduados, the Trace graduados, the uh, other guys I was talking about. <laughs> That's another Wednesday. Dixon, you know, Paris Campbell, Campbell, Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. He's a pretty good player. Yeah, still uh, for the, the Washington football team. The Commanders, I guess, as they're, yeah, as they're commonly known player. as now. Uh, we're going to get out of here on a Woody Wednesday. Short little practice report. Uh, thanks to Tim May, the 40-year vet, for standing by, hanging out, uh, talking some ball. Andy Backstrom as well. Me, Spencer Holbrook, Ohio State, Minnesota. Hey, real quick, the Buckeyes have done a fantastic job this week of keeping the focus on this week. Like, there's some Michigan questions being lobbed in there, some, some real uh, – grenades from the north and uh the Buckeyes are just throwing them on back they're not really worrying at all about what's being said about Michigan right now Ryan Day deflected again was asked again about Michigan for some reason he deflected the answer again he's doing a good job of that they're all focused on Minnesota as is Letterman Row because we can't focus on the game until the game gets here that'll be Saturday night at about eight o'clock when we just completely shut off the Minnesota faucet turn on that Michigan faucet until then we're going to keep breaking down them gofs against the Buckeyes. Tim May, the 40-year vet. Andy Baxter, me, Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys in here on Friday for bold predictions. We'll see you guys in the horseshoe on Saturday for Ohio State, Minnesota at 4 o'clock.